Welcome everyone to the 10th episode of Balls Deep Cinema. Um, we went on a little hiatus recently and then, you know, and then two, two episodes in, a, in one week that we record after almost three weeks out. <laughs> How are you guys doing today? Doing good, man. Chilling, chilling. We're here. We're David Fincher uh, came and brought us together. <laughs> he did. Look to him. Yeah. Um, I just got my voice back today. Uh, the past two days, I didn't have a voice, but that it was actually a, a low key blessing in disguise because I was able to watch the movie. Because there we go. Yeah. So we were originally going to record it just uh, like on Tuesday or of some sorts. I think it was. Mm. And Jay just sends the voice message. Um, <laughs> he's like, "Hey guys, I don't think ever I can record." And we we're like, "That's all right." <laughs> but yes, um, as as Steve mentioned, uh, the adventure we all watched his latest film, uh, The Killer, which is now all currently on Netflix. Uh, just came out two days a few days ago. Um, guys, I you know I think we spoke a little bit about it. It's it's one of those I, I for me at least the way I saw it right, it was a very slow but at the same time simple movie to almost watch, and I can almost see this movie from the screenwriter's perspective with how almost simple it was but with a simple script you almost have to be very delicate about it and I thought this movie checked off so many things I just want to kick in and know uh, what your guys' thoughts were on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I personally, you know, I love the movie. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I didn't really have much of a knowledge on what it would be about going into it. Um, knew it was a Netflix film. Um, you know, obviously, David Fincher and Netflix have had a very close relationship um, throughout the years. We're talking House of Cards. We're talking Mank. We're talking various other projects that he's done and mm -hmm. exclusively done on Netflix. Um, so I just really went in with an open mind. Um, mm -hmm. You know, love Michael Fassbender. I'm very, very, uh, you know, solid cast. Uh, doesn't jump out with huge names. Obviously, Fassbender, Tilda Swinton. Um, but, you know, for a David Fincher film, we usually get like a, a huge ensemble cast. Um, but I think it really just plays to this type of movie. Mm -hmm. um, this movie is all about the main character. And mm -hmm. I loved how this movie really showed the perspective of Everything that's going on in this movie will be through the eyes of the killer or the unnamed assassin, Michael Fassbender's character. Um, we're not only going to see his viewpoint, we're not only going to see uh, how he reacts to events that occur, um, you know, his personal life. We're going to see his really like view on the world, you know, how he expounds ex on, um, you know, how his methodology as an assassin, uh, how he goes about, you know, making sure he's at the right heart rate when he's about to shoot someone with his rifle. Right. Uh, David Fincher really took the time and, you know, the screenwriters really took the time to make this a um, narrative experience through the eyes of one man. Um, mm -hmm. And it's very tight. It's very cohesive. Mm -hmm. We rarely at all get a shot of another. I don't think we ever got a shot of, you know, actually one scene where we got a shot of the woman who worked at the law firm um, who was in the car, who, um, was tied up and she was trying to get it out. Mm -hmm. That was literally, I believe, the only scene in the movie where Michael Fassbender's character was not in it and we didn't see it from his point of view. Um, and that just shows you how tight and cohesive this movie was. They were very focused on showing you Fassbender's point of view. Mm -hmm. I mentioned this to you guys. I felt like it had a lot of the Catcher, catcher of the Rye narrative going with it. Catcher of the Rye, for those who don't know, um, I don't remember the author, but uh, <laughs> unless I remember. <laughs> I remember the <laughs> yeah. very famous author, uh, yeah. author, but the book was basically about um, the character Holden, 
and his uh, narration about what's going on in his life, how he's reacting to certain events. And essentially, though, the whole point of that book was, hey, Holden's not really a reliable narrator. narrator. He's telling you mm-hmm. things that's happening. He's telling you, um, you know, who he's speaking to and what he's what he's doing in these situations, what his thoughts are, what his feelings are towards things. But in a lot of cases, it's up to interpretation on whether it's uh, rooted in reality, what's going on, or is it really just whatever's in Holden's imagination and whatever, how Holden wants to view the world through his eyes. And I feel like we get a lot of that in The Killer. We see him with a very tight uh, mindset. We see him with a very tight, uh, you know, view of, you know, what his world is and how he goes about execution and how he goes about know how he executes people uh, how he mm-hmm. has a very cold mindset and he's very calculated and we see that somewhat ira- uh, unraveling throughout the movie right as we get closer to the end we notice and spoiler <laughs> guys if you haven't seen the movie please pause right now and see the movie <laughs> so you don't get spoiled you are listening to a reaction podcast of the movie so just keep that in mind <laughs> but we see at the end that he does not take the life of the client despite the fact he took the life of many other ancillary pieces that had much less to do with what happened to him and his girlfriend. Um, And I really just think that his progression throughout the movie um, was really just a showcasing of him having a firm standpoint and methodology and kind of process. But Mm -hmm. as these events occur, it starts to break him down in a sense to where now he, we start to see who we start to see a degradation of who he is. And we start to see, how he views life and how he views events around him, how he views people, how he goes about what he's going to do to people. I think we get a good example of this when he's sitting in front of Tilda Swinton's character in the diner scene where he wants to say something. He wants to break out of this character that he's in because of the fact that he's sitting right next to an, in front of an assassin who's living a lavish life while he has to live a life in uh, the Dominican Republic. But he sticks to that character. But I, by the end of the movie, I think we get a very unlocked and um, broken down version of of who he is and how these events have affected him. Um, I know I went on a rant, but Jay, I got to hear your thoughts. I love this movie. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, and I thought it was a great entry in the, the David Fincher filmography. Yeah, uh, I went into it also blind. I didn't watch mm-hmm. a single trailer. The Same, only, yep. uh, yeah, I, I had heard, yep. I think bits and pieces of it but i mostly heard about it from youtube funny enough so when you said let's review it i was like okay i'm always down to give a new movie a watch um so i went into it not really knowing what to expect other than michael fassbender is the poster so um i i think the first 15 minutes are a great example of like old school storytelling and what i mean by that is um if you've noticed and i think Marvel's a big example of this we're jumping into action scenes almost immediately in movies now. And I think some of that is TikTok has fried our brains. Instagram has fried our brains, right? Like we don't have the attention span. Um, I saw a tweet and I forgot the user's name, but uh, Captain America, the first Avenger, the very first action scene of that movie comes with 47 minutes left in the movie. And we don't see a lot of movies that do that nowadays because our attention spans are we need action now. I feel like a lot of action movies like The Killer, for instance, are uh, um, in some of these iconic directors, Fincher, he's iconic, um, fall into this trap of we need action like off the, off the rip, right? 
And this movie doesn't fall into that. And that's one thing I absolutely love about that is that the first 15 minutes, you really have to pay attention. You're like, Mm -hmm. what is this guy's target? What is he going after? I love how the movie opens up again, spoiler, because if you're still listening at this point, you've watched it, I'm assuming, Um, you know, with him with a scope, just looking at like seven different people. You're like, who's the person he's supposed to kill here? Um, And it's really setting the stage, right? This guy said uh, uh, Ted Williams hit, 336 in his career and he got him in the hall of fame right Mm -hmm. and and he's like i'm batting a thousand if not for you know one of the guys who had a heart attack or something like that and you're like okay this guy you know he's on his he's on his game right like he doesn't miss all his targets get neutralized like this guy's the best at what he does and the build-up right of like 25 minutes i I think i looked at my when he finally fires the gun I, i remember pausing it to look at the runtime. And it was about 25 minutes into the movie. So we have 25 minutes of just dialogue. And a lot of people can't handle that nowadays. I loved it because it felt very, you know, early 2000s to me. Mm-hmm. It was like, like Steve said, we're, we're getting an unreliable narrator. Um, the opening really felt like uh, American Psycho to me as well. You know, the mm-hmm. just we're learning a lot about this character and what makes him tick. What makes him this sort of psychotic, crazed killer. Uh, and, and in Michael Fassbender's case, because we I had to call him that. We don't even know his name. That's the only thing yeah. I <laughs> never learned yeah. his name. He uses a different alias every single time, um, adding to that unreliability. So I really love the pacing in a weird way. Yeah. It doesn't start off in a, a lot of action, but then the movie really picks up. You get to the scene yeah. in Florida, which we'll talk about because, in my opinion, yeah. one of the best action scenes I've ever I agree. seen was, I was agree. that scene. Yeah. yeah, that fight scene in Florida. Um, and then he's just slowly, you know, ticking people off yeah. the boxes. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So I really think um, just overall, I love the pacing of this movie. Uh, we'll get to our ratings at the end, but I I, 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 rec- I already recommended it to someone in a, in yeah. a group chat that I share with Steve. So, and he liked it. So, uh, you know, yeah. I, I really, I'm really excited about the direction this movie took. Uh, it just felt very one-off, I, uh, great action. And uh, an overall stacked cast. Shout out to Tilda Swinton. She stole the 15 minutes she said. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely Agreed. killed it. So, yeah, I, I, I love the work that it did. Um, and you both brought up uh, really good points about attention spans in the movies. Um, I spoke to a co-worker today, right? And I, and I asked him, I was like, hey, have you watched The Killer on Netflix? Um, and he brought up that I couldn't get into it. Um, are we, I don't know if it's just our current generation, because I know, Jay, you mentioned that. Maybe just some people can't handle that it's it's fascinating that you really this is one of those movies where number one you cannot be on your phone right if you're in the movie theaters i think everyone pays attention but if you're slightly on the phone and you're and there's uh michael fassman there's opening monologue you're gonna miss one thing right um so it's interesting like for you guys i just want to hear your point of view like how fascinating is it that we live in this current world where we need to jump into things but with this movie it took its time you had to really pay attention to learn what this is about. I just want to know your guys' thoughts on is that just what our is that just the current generation of just the human beings that we are? That's so funny because this movie yeah. was almost like listening to a podcast. Yeah. If you really think about <laughs> yeah. it. the first 25 minutes of the movie, like the the fact that look, all that narration was through the head of Fastbender. We really didn't see him yeah. talk very much yeah. at all. Correct. Except for Correct. maybe a one-off phone call. Um yeah. and so with that, mm-hmm. you really could be on your phone yeah. and still pick up what's going on the first 15, 20 minutes of the movie because it's just mm-hmm. Michael Fassbender 
really just talking just random shit. You know, he's yeah. talking about, yeah. like you said, his worldview. He's like, well, you know, in baseball, like you said, uh, Jay, in <laughs> baseball, Ted Williams hitting 334. I'm going to relate it to what I do in my profession. I'd be batting a thousand. Like, this is the stuff that's going through this, this guy's mind, his head. And it's very, yeah. it shows you, I guess, how twisted he is uh, mm-hmm. as a person. But also, you know, it's just Fincher trying to give you that perspective of this guy, you know, he's kind of a weird guy. Uh, and then when you are in a situation where, you know, hopefully you're not, but in this mm-hmm. situation with this hitman uh, who is staking out for, you know, what, 20 plus hours until his target mm-hmm. comes out. Mm-hmm. I guess this is how he passes mm-hmm. time. This is what goes through his head. This is what he does. He'll do his workouts there. Uh, he'll go to he'll go check out real mm-hmm. quick and go get McDonald's. Um, but to your <laughs> but to your point, yeah. Uh, Brandon, yeah, I mean, our generation, I definitely think you know, struggles with movies nowadays. Um, if it doesn't catch it like that, and if they don't yeah. invest into it, um, right. But with this movie, I felt like, look, honestly, it was almost like listening to a podcast and Fassbender's voice, quite therapeutic, if I may say. Um, at least for the first, you know, thirty minutes. <laughs> Obviously, you'll have to pay attention, you know, right, the big fight right. scene and the ending. So, yeah, and I would say, you know, it's one of those things that, like, if you don't make it those first twenty-five minutes, I almost feel sorry for you because the movie just yeah. picks up right after. Oh, that, absolutely. Right? Um, yeah. As soon as he fires the shot, he's running down the stairs. Yeah. On the scooter. Yeah. Um, it's you know what? One thing I love that Fincher does with the cuts and everything is that he makes it feel like there's a chase happening, even though there's not. Um, yep. You know, he's not a suspect in the shooting, but because he missed his target, he feels like he is. And that's what I really love about this this movie. It kind of goes into the mind of a killer, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would argue, what, maybe 97% of the population can't relate with being a cold-blooded killer, right? Uh, yeah. Maybe more, maybe less. I, that's just falling <laughs> off the top of my head. But, right. um, you know, yeah, hopefully far, far less. But, um, <laughs> you know... <laughs> The mind of a hitman, right? You kind of have to be ruthless. You see that through this movie. He never hesitates. Uh, one thing I really love about this movie, I, I feel like this is as realistic of what a hitman is, right? It's not someone who has morality. It's not someone who really has a soul. It's someone very stoic. It's someone who just, again, doesn't hesitate. There were about five times in this movie that I'm like, oh, he's going to spare that person. Like, there's no way he's going to kill that person, right? And he, boom, just does it. And there's no dialogue or anything. He just does it. <laughs> and that's what yeah. I really love about this movie is it really splices the mind. And you see that in that opening dialogue. But that's something that, again, some of this newer generation might look at and say, oh, that's kind of boring. I don't, I can't see myself getting into this. But that exposition is so important for how this movie is mm-hmm. going to be set up. Because yeah. you really have to go into his mind as why he doesn't spare those people. Mm-hmm. What's his saying that he says, like, literally every time uh, – uh, uh, Steve, you put. I feel like you memorized it because you put it in our group chat. Um, but you know, he, he says it every single time. Like, yeah. you have to improvise. You have to be ready, right? Um, uh, never show plan. empathy. Yeah. You're right. Never show never empathy. Never, stick to the plan. Yeah. yeah, stick to the plan, right? Like those are things that are going through his mind. And if you don't really get those first 25 minutes of exposition, you're like, you know, why is he doing that, right? Yeah. So uh, <laughs> or never trust anyone, right? I love that he keeps saying it. Never trust anybody, and you're like. Uh, you know, you could have trusted that secretary. And then it's starting to feel like you could trust Tilda Swinton. And then what happens? She <laughs> yeah. she she fakes the, the slip and fall. She has a knife in her hand. I yeah. love that buildup. And that's stuff that you don't get if 
if, if all you want is kicking and punching. Yep. No, and it's something that's fascinating to me. You brought up a really good point of, you know, and you said it really well. If you didn't go past those 25 minutes, you know, you're lost. Um, and like you mentioned, the moment he misses with that shot, right? Because I think all three of us were expecting him to be perfect, you know, shoot the guy um, who's with the prostitute or whatever, you know, she was in that hotel room. He missed. And we're like, oh, crap, Dominator. we're seeing, we're winning, we're winning seeing this for the first time as maybe he is. And then you literally, I think he literally says like, oh, shit, or fuck, like I missed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, the moment he starts running down, the movie just immediately changes. Um, let's go into the Florida fight scene. Um, I felt like this guy was about a, you know, John Wick style or, you know, or, uh, or man, just, I don't know. I'm trying to think of other movies. <clears throat> oh, <laughs> Mission Impossible style, you know, Man, just trying to just run in, and this is the situation he's in. He's gonna fight everyone. So I was shocked when I saw only one person that he was fighting. But oh my god, just edge on my seat! Fantastic choreography. Um, these two guys are just going at it. Um, just your thoughts on the fight because I know we've been wanting to talk about this. Yeah, I th- I said it was. I, I thought it was yeah. the best fight scene I've seen in a movie in the last ten years. Like, yeah, I agree. I agree. I think it's, I think it's great yeah. to see Fincher like dabble into like a, a very very much john wick jason bourne esque mm-hmm. fight scene yep correct because um, you know fincher's a great director and uh, that's something we often yeah. don't see in his movies is is just an intense yeah and prolonged fight scene i would say right it was pretty I mean, long it, yeah yeah we're talking about like you know 10 15 minutes and then you had the sequence <laughs> with the dog as well um, yeah that's right very very uh it, my heart was pounding during that scene. That that was yep. definitely exhilarating. Mm-hmm. Um, I will yep. say it was funny to see Fassbender um, literally get, what, uppercut, like thrown <laughs> to the ground by this 300-pound man. Yep. He still is like, he's still, you know, getting up and fighting. Maybe that's maybe that's Hitman strength and stamina. You clearly need it, right? Um, but, uh, right. you know, hey, you know, he hung in there. Uh, yeah. That was definitely a brutal fight too. The brute in that in that fight scene, he was a big guy, you know, and I yeah. so, it definitely so took some ingenuity fact. to get out of that. Yeah. So I do have a fun fact for you guys. The brute okay. is portrayed by Sala Baker, and he is, I guess, a well-known New Zealand stuntman. His biggest role, though, to date, he played Sauron in the Lord of the Rings series. Okay. So get out of here. Yeah, that what? is that is my fun fact for the he's a he's six two, oh, so man. he's huge, almost three hundred yeah. pounds. So yeah, he's a, he's a big dude. But yeah, yeah. in the um, original trilogy, <clears throat> yep, he played. Uh, they needed someone six two to fit the suit, I guess. So yeah, he's pretty old. Yeah. Yeah. He's got to be like freaking about forty I think, or fifty. I think by he now. said uh, forty eight or forty seven, forty eight. Dang. And that's crazy because like Michael Fassman is a pretty tall guy too. So just to see a guy like just up his side, if not a little bit taller, was I was like, whoa. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious um, on your yeah. guys, on your guys' thoughts on this. It mm-hmm. felt like this is the first and maybe only time in the movie that that he's gonna lose, right? Like he goes yeah. in there and he's searching, and he's made pretty quick work of his of his first target, yeah. right? Yeah. Like this this he made quick work of the taxi driver, and then he made quick work of the uh, of the the person before the brew, right? So yeah. um, uh, the lawyer. So you know now he's now he's fighting the brute, and mm-hmm. it just it, I I honestly am watching this fight like I don't see how he wins this. He's clearly outmatched, um, and then he eventually outsmarts the guy, and I guess maybe that's why his yeah. name is the brute, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> so 
I think, uh, <clears throat> I don't know, I'm curious on your guys' thoughts on how that sort of felt. Like, I know there's so much movie after this, so obviously he has to win. But I thought Fincher did a really good job of really making me feel like, oh, man, he is just, he doesn't stand a chance here. I think for us, it was just the perspective of seeing him, what, win maybe two fights pretty easy or like you mm-hmm. manipulating the taxi driver into the Dominican Republic. Um, that was pretty quick. Um, I want to say there might have been one other kill before that. That was pretty quick. So I think we were sort of in a way expecting that. Um and just seeing him being outmatched, it was it was pretty intense. Um, that's really all I have to say to it. And then eventually, you know, the next couple of scenes are a lot more strategic rather than like more of the, you know, just offensive side of it. Well, and honestly, sometimes you wonder, is this guy a good hitman? Right? Because with the lawyer, uh, he obviously nailed gun him and he in his head said, you know, I got six to seven minutes to interrogate him to figure out where I gotta go next. <laughs> And he immediately dies in a minute. He's like, shit. You know, know, obviously with the first, you know, the first kill in the movie where he killed the the dominatrix, um, you know, we saw him with so much um, thought behind how he's going to kill this person, had his heart rate ready and all that stuff. You thought there's no way he doesn't kill him. Like you, like you mentioned, Brandon. Yep. Um, (laughs) And he ends up shooting the wrong person. Right. Uh, You know, honestly, it, to me, it just it shows that while he is a badass, you know, he's very much mm-hmm. it's not like he's at the top tier of his game. It's not like he's, you know, the Michael Jordan of Hitman. He's probably, you know, <laughs> your 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 run the mill hitman who, you know, we see his skills, we see his um ferocity. We also see the fact that, you know, um he's not perfect and he definitely overestimates himself. And probably thinks he's smarter than he actually is, you know. Um, but he, pro- he probably overthinks it a lot. I mean, when you're watching yeah. that first scene, you're like, dude, you could have fired the trigger like four separate times when this guy was on the other window mm-hmm. and no yep. one was in his way. I mean, if you're trying to torture, I'm no expert in torturing by any stretch of the imagination, but when he's trying to torture the lawyer, like he goes straight for the heart. He nails him like three, he says three mm-hmm. nine inch steel nails to the chest. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wasn't there an easier way to do that? I don't know. He was already tied up. Probably Especially when you're from. trying to get, yeah. you know, extract information from him. Right, right. And yeah, I mean, and you, and to just to speak on that, he's definitely par- par- a guy with paranoia. He's definitely a guy with, um, that overthinks. We saw him in that plane scene where, uh, which really didn't get paid off. I don't think the scene with the uh, with the man in the suit with the with yeah. folks on his blue yeah. socks. Yeah, yeah, right, right. He was paranoid about that, and that ended up him, you know, waiting and taking a later flight, which obviously would led to, um, you know, for I guess for his sake, because he probably saved his life. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it it saved him from going out that day and getting back home, and then potentially being killed by the brute and correct, uh, correct. Tilda Swinton's yeah. character. Um, I wasn't sure if, if that was why that guy was there with the blue socks, just so he could delay his flight. Really wasn't sh- either that mm-hmm. guy was actually a killer, so to speak, or someone who was reconning him. Um, mm-hmm. or that just shows his paranoia, it shows how he overthinks. Yeah. So I wonder, That's guys, true. uh, I just want to shoot shoot this out. Yeah, no, go um, for it. What'd you guys think of the ending? Um, you know, obviously David Fincher, you know, he's got a lot of great movies out. Um, some people really didn't like the beginning of this movie and then really didn't like the ending uh so what do you guys think it or yeah go ahead yeah (laughs) it i don't know about you guys but it made me feel it it gave me a lot of casino royale vibes with like 
you know, relaxing at the end with like the woman. Well, eventually, you know, the, you know, the, the love interest he has eventually betrays him and she dies, but which was mind blowing ending alone to that first James Bond uh, film with Daniel Craig. But like, I don't know, I kind of got some of those vibes. I don't know if it had to do with him being in the Caribbean and then, you know, finishing the movie relaxing, but, <laughs> uh, but no, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I think it was, I think it was a good wrapped up ending that he was able to kill all of his employers, you know, maybe possibly not even worrying at all about anything in the future, right? At least for the foreseeable future. Uh, and then, you know, he was able to be with, you know, his girlfriend, wife, fiance, uh, whatever she was, uh, just him being able to have that peace of mind, right? Because the entire, throughout the entire movie, we see this guy overthink, he's worrying, we're seeing everything from his perspective. Those final few minutes or seconds, he's literally just, you know, relaxing. And I think that's that's a good way, a good peace of mind and a good way to end that film. And that's the way I saw it, but I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed everything I got out of it. I was very satisfied. Yeah, when you think of like the the David Fincher style of ending, you always expect a sort of a uh, little mind-blowing little plot twist. You obviously, um, you know, I think of some of his more iconic movies, right? Like Gone Girl is a great example, I think. Gone Girl is fantastic, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. You know, where the ending is sort of uh, uh, like these two narcissistic people who still end up together, right? Obviously, Fight Club. <clears throat> obviously, you know, there's a lot of uh, Zodiac-type movies. What I think of this movie is I feel like we get straight to the point, which is like yeah. also the Fincher style. And we get straight yeah. to the point. It's closure because he knows no one is coming after him after that, right? Um, I kind of mm -hmm. like the idea of sparing the buyer. Um, yeah. You know, the buyer seemed genuine and he seemed like he didn't really know that he, uh, by uh, uh, asking for retribution, he also was asking for retribution against Fassbender. Um, I kind of like that Fassbender really put the fear of God into him and said, you know, you'll be tasting bleach in your coffee um, and dying a slow, painful death. I thought that was, but I, I have no issues with the ending. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm not really sure that there is uh, a better way to end this movie than just getting straightforward and to the point. And then if you guys have anything that you think you would end it differently, but I, I personally like it. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought, you know, it was very similar. Um, I had the same feeling when I watched Zodiac at the end, obviously with uh, yeah. the end of Zodiac, uh, he names the killer, but uh, we, st we weren't sure if he was correct though. Like there was, there was still kind of like that ambiguous, yeah. like, you know, who knows what really happened and you know we're just gonna end it on this note mm -hmm. and that was based off a true story but with this uh you know it's 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 closure but it's also i think it's just it's an ending that really you just got to end it at some point right and uh he went on this this globe trotting adventure and he was able to you know put the fear of god into the client mm -hmm. and um i really felt like that part like i mentioned before was him taking the back and the reason why he didn't kill him was him, him taking it back and almost like enjoying it in a way that he can intimidate someone so powerful clearly i mean this man had the power to mm -hmm. order a hit on a on a political figure right mm -hmm. um and so i think he just kind of reveled in that uh which kind of showed his kind of sociopathic nature which you know you're a hit man you're definitely a sociopath mm -hmm. um but yeah I'm I'm curious where do you guys rank this in the in the Fincher <laughs> filmography? Like where Ooh. would you like if if I threw out some movies? I'm how about this? I'll throw out some movies of Fincher, not Ooh, all of them. I like I'll this. Throw I like a few. This. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just tell me 
you guys, you can say at the same time, which one you'd rather have. So let's take a look. I'll just go on top of my head right now. I'm pulling up his movies. It feels like a Mario Party minigame where it's like we both have to look the same way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we've, we've all seen a lot of Fincher filmography. Yeah. Um, yeah. Alien 3. What do you think? Killer Alien 3. Ooh. I say I say Killer. Yeah, I gotta go Killer. I, killer. Alien 3 killer. is solid. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's good, but, but it's definitely the not the it's it's definitely yeah. the second worst Alien. I was gonna say with the, the thing with Alien Three is the first yeah. two were so good that it's really yeah. hard to replicate that. It is, yeah. I did mention to you, it is crazy for that franchise trifecta mm-hmm. of directors with Cameron, Ridley Scott, and Fincher. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. How does a franchise that's that's impressive? Um, seven killer. I'll go seven. Seven by far. Yeah, that's seven. in my opinion yeah. one of the greatest plots with in cinema history. Mm-hmm. Okay, Fight yeah. Club. Come on, I got Fight Club. <laughs> yeah, come on, it's not even close. It's not even close. Yeah, no. Panic Room. I think I'll take the Killer over Panic Room. Killer. I'll do Killer too. Yeah, yeah. Have you guys seen Panic yeah. Room? I've seen it once years ago. Yeah, I it's, yeah. It. Same. It's been it's, a while. So. We might need to do a Fincher rewatch. Honestly, why not? Fincher movie draft? I like that idea. Yeah. Just 12 a.m. to 6 a.m. rewatch. Just <laughs> Zodiac? I'll take Ooh, Zodiac. Zodiac. I feel like Zodiac I love Zodiac also, too much. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's I, could, I, could, I could think about I could. I could maybe see why I'd go killer there, but just for now, I'll have to watch. I've seen Zodiac so many times. I'd rather yeah. let, let I got to see killer yeah. a few more times before I take it over Zodiac. I feel like Maybe. for me, Zodiac, it just might be the former journalist in me. I mean, I've always loved Jake Gyllenhaal, too. Um, <laughs> Mark Ruffalo. So I feel like, I don't know. There's a lot over it, in my opinion. But, yeah. I mean, fantastic regardless. I mean, the killer is, so. Fourth Estate movies. You guys are a big fan of YouTube formal journalists. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say, in a way, yeah, so. <laughs> what was that one fourth, that one movie about journalism with Russell Crowe and Ben Affleck? State of, was it about journalism, State of Play? You guys remember that? Oh man, no, no, I don't. No, well, now I gotta, gotta look it up. I gotta see it. Benjamin Button or the killer? Killer. Ooh. I think I'll take the, the killer. killer. Yeah. Okay, hey, really? I kind of like Benjamin Button. I like Benjamin Button too. I just rather what I, I like the killer better. I might go <laughs> Benjamin Button. Okay. I think it's our first All disagreement. Right. All right. Social, yeah. Social network. Social network. I will take it over Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Yeah. 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 Same. I'd say that. Yeah. Okay. I uh, wasn't really a big fan of that movie. I wasn't either. I wasn't either. Yeah. We'll end it with this one Gone Girl. I think hey, Gone Girl. Killer. I think I take the Gone Girl. I'm not going to lie. Ooh, this is closer than it should be. <laughs> I, I love Gone Girl, Girl, too. I love Gone Girl. Gone Girl is iconic, too. man. It is such hey. a good movie. Listen, Ben Affleck wears a Mets hat, so that's it. <laughs> that takes it. that scene alone in the airport. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, what we should do yeah. is we should uh we should do like a we should just name off some actors we think could have played the killer because Ooh. I was definitely thinking I was Ooh. I imagined in my head I was imagining in my head what if what if uh, Fincher and Ben Affleck teamed up for the killer? How different a movie that would be. But and we can see, talk about that, after break. See, that's that's interesting. Yeah, no, we could definitely do that after break. With we got a little bit to wrap up before that second part of this. Uh, by second part, it'll probably be a little bit. But um, <laughs> I don't know. Ben Affleck's already a huge dude, so I just imagine his fight against the brute. I feel like 
he'd probably be bigger than the brute. <laughs> that would be a visceral uh, fight, I would say. That would be like, damn, like these uh, two are like MMA fighting. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh man, what's uh, uh, not Bill Skarsgård, obviously. Um, Alexander Skarsgård. Skarsgård. Yeah, baby. Alexander Skarsgård. He's got. He's got. Casting. I mean, if you, that yeah, would have been good. He's yeah. got a little bit of the creepy vibe to him. Um, I don't know if you guys watched Big Little Lies. I believe that was on HBO back in 2017. I think it was, but like Succession. he was in it and he plays the creepy like just husband and it's like man, that's I just kind of get that same vibe. Uh, He's in right Succession too. Yeah, that's oh Succession. That's right. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, the final season. Yeah, uh, Succession. Which... Tarzan. Tarzan. <laughs> oh, Tarzan. Yeah. All right, guys, we're gonna go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say he was also in yeah. um. That one movie with Seth Rogen and Charlie Theron. I can't remember the name though. Um, Jay, you know what I'm talking about? With Seth Rogen, Charlie Theron. Let me look this up. That sounds like Fast and Furious. <laughs> no, <laughs> Seth Rogen. <laughs> hey, who All knows? Right, I just figured like it out after the, the break. World, the Fast and Furious world has shocked us at so many points. This <laughs> um, all right, guys, we're going to go ahead and get a break. When we come back, we're going to go ahead and uh, maybe name a couple more actors who we could possibly see that could have been in uh, Michael Fassbender's shoes. And then we're going to go ahead and give our ratings and then call it a night. All right. Be right back, guys. Welcome back. Uh, this isn't going to be very too long, but we're just going to play a little game like Steve had in mind. Uh, which actors will we have seen in Michael Fassbender's shoes? Um, after that, we'll give our little mini final score. And then I want to mention, I want to bring up a little question as well afterward, but I'll leave that in a little bit. But Steve, um, please, may you proceed. Yeah, honestly, when I was watching this movie, I couldn't help but think this guy, this killer is just basically Jay Shatara. In human form. Oh man, <laughs> I wish I was that cunning. No, uh, <laughs> no, honestly, like it's such an interesting role. Like it's a great yeah. role, and it's yeah. nice to see Fassbender in the role. Um, but I was wondering, like, just thinking, if we have to name an actor, so if I name some actors, and I'll, I'm going to dip into the MCU pool because I think it'd be fun to see yeah. how they would yeah. portray a character yeah. like this. I'll name I'll, the first one. I'll name Chris Evans. Can he do it? I'm gonna say no. <laughs> I just think I just think I think he's done too many rom com like comedy style movies that it's just really it's he's typecast in terms of those movies, right? Like the comedy ones, just really sweetheart movies. Can he do it? Well, knives eventually, out. but yeah, that's true. Knives out. Yeah, you're right. Hey, not another teen movie. So <laughs> <laughs> all right, what next do you have for us? Yeah, your your audio's off. Oh, yeah, we can't hear Jay will if be you right don't back. know, yeah, if you don't know, audience, uh, we were poking fun at me just because my audio wasn't working, and now that's rotated back to Jay. So, uh, moment of truth for Jay. Hello, there, there he we is. Go. There we go. <laughs> this will be it. I don't know what happened there. Um, I apologize for the technical difficulties. Yeah. All right. What were you saying about Chris Evans? Jay? No, I was just saying Knives Out is one of those more like uh, I think yeah. niche roles for him. But mm -hmm. I just this takes like uh, I think I'm gonna go back to American Psycho because I think he set the standard for like the the serial killer sort of hitman role, and um, like you have to go inside their mind and the method acting. Um, so I'm actually gonna throw out a name to you guys, and I'm really curious because this is gonna be 
I okay. feel like you guys are laugh. Jared Leto. Oh my god. <laughs> I knew Steve was gonna love that one. Jared Leto. Honestly, I think he could do it. I, just, I think he can't do. Is he menacing though? Like he can't do menacing. Jared Leto? I, I I'm here for it. I kinda like it. Listen, if it was post Dallas Buyers uh club, like right after immediately after that amazing performance, yes. But maybe after the events of Morbius, I don't know. It's really hard to see him that same way. I would just see him. I like Jared Leto for the most part, but in this role, I think he would just be too robotic. Like, and yeah. Jared Leto robotic is is problemsome. Well, <laughs> here's the thing. Well, here's the thing too. Uh, what was it? Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I, I I kind of liked him. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. You know, I thought that was he a good was role. Like, I know I like that role. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That role. Yeah. You have one, Brandon. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. Richard Madden. Ooh. Yeah. I like it. Bodyguard. Bodyguard. That's the first thought I went to. Just bodyguard. Um, I'm into it. I like yeah. it. Yeah. I think, I think he's still a little too well kept, though. I think Fassbender's got a lot of like. Yeah. Like this guy hasn't like. This guy hasn't seen yeah. a shower in like a week. Like he's been up for like. <laughs> he's been up for five days. Listen, I think Madden, Richard Madden's Madden, too elegant. Yeah. Madden's he's too. too elegant. He's James Bond. I would say he's James Bond in my opinion. So one thing I do want to bring yeah. up, I don't know if you guys yeah. noticed this, is when I think of Fassbender, I'm going back to his, his role as Magneto in the X-Men, right? Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's 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 fit, he's in shape. I don't know if you mm-hmm. noticed this. In this movie, he looks older, he looks a little more scruff, and he's actually yeah. really not that, like, in shape, even though you see him working out. Like, he's not overly mm-hmm. swole. So, like, the reason I immediately said no to Chris Evans is because he just seems like he's too in shape for this role. Like, this yeah. is this guy is looking like the everyday guy. Yeah. And 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 we, like now you bring up Richard Madden. Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to say no because I do think he's too well kept. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good point. I, I like it. This yeah. Role, this person has to look kind of gritty. He has to look like you and me. Maybe not to the extent of like completely out of shape, right? But like Madden would look like a suave hitman. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like the super yeah. attractive guy coming up to me and he wants to kill me. Like I don't know. I, yes. I'm not saying it doesn't work. I'm just saying that's like I feel like Fastbender set this sort of standard of right. What this- to be and it, it should look like a just average joke like yeah no that's a good point like i mentioned it very briefly i think madden would be a really good james bond and i don't know if that's just the british in him because he is from scotland but um i don't know could be another one um all right keeping yeah, in the mcu think? terms uh if you want to i was uh i don't know i was gonna throw out tom hiddleston out of the tough one i'm gonna Whoa. say no i'm gonna no. say no I... yeah no. Mm. Have you guys ever seen the the Night Manager? I have not. No, it's an action thriller with Tom Hiddleston. He was in it, and he played a spy. Uh, I believe a, a British spy in it. Um, okay, I got to rewatch that. I could see it, man. I, I could see it. I think I'm gonna say yes. You think We're so? too. That's the problem with with overstaying your welcome in the MCU because then you're you nobody can yeah. get fucking Loki out of their mind and it's I was hard to say you get typecast with itself you're kind of typecast by MCU standards my first yeah. thought when you say Chris Evans even though he's done so many great roles is always going to be Captain America yeah he's too yeah. nice That's right. <laughs> I mean this guy loves Disney World more than I do so I mean <laughs> so it's like it's too hard to take that serious you know this guy says in the industry he loves Dumbo the flying elephant I don't know I can't I can't think of an assassin when he loves Dumbo Maybe, but who knows? Who am I? <laughs> what about what about Mahershala? I can see it. Ooh, I yes. can see it. I yes, can see it. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I could see it. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think yeah. he would do. I think he would like two times the menacing part. Like he's way yes. more intimidating than Fassbender. In my it's opinion. the narrator for me. The narrator. Uh, that, I can, that was yeah, what yeah. Saying. It's going into his mind. I know he yep. just nailed the emotion. Yep. Yeah. You got another one, Jay? This is gonna sound okay. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, you gotta stick with me. Imagine okay. he's twenty years younger, but I'm gonna say Gary Busey. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> oh my god! Let me look him up. I gotta look him up. Gary Hold Busey. On. He's that. Listen, Wait. for his comedy roles, he's probably in his sixties or seventies now. But some of his like earlier roles are kind of psychotic, and I feel like it fits for this. Well, twenty years younger. Yeah, I'm looking at a picture. Yes, this guy's yeah. Eight years old. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. So maybe forty years younger in reality. Yeah. <laughs> I-, I wanted to go a little out of the box. I was like, you know, we have some modern day actors, but you go a little younger, or-, or some of these older guys who played these psychotic roles in the eighties yeah. and nineties when yeah. they were young and they were good at. Yeah. Um, right, sticking with the MCU, uh, what about Gael Garcia Bernal? He's in the MCU. Yeah, Werewolf by Night. Oh, wow. You really pulled the deep cut there. The- <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, shit. You could have named anything. Any, uh, you could have named hey. any other uh, hey. Gael IP and you named yeah. fucking Werewolf by Night. Oh, no. Well, no. I mean, I, I would say what? Fable is really good. Uh, Itumama Tambien is really good. I think it was one of his first movies. Um, yeah, you, I really just, enjoy, just, you really enjoyed yeah. that movie, didn't you? Me? Yeah. For what? Hey, I'm for not the, gonna lie. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on in that movie. Hey, hey, anything with Thundercats references to it, I'm all about it. <laughs> uh, I, I, I could see it. I could see it. What about? I mean, we're gonna go Latino actors. Yeah. Pedro, Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac, maybe. I can, I can see, see Oscar Andre, Isaac. Oscar Isaac. I don't know about Pedro. No. Yeah. Hear about Pedro? Fantastic Four. Hey. I, what I what I it's confirmed. Listen, oh shit! It's not. Uh, <laughs> well, anyways, uh, ladies and gentlemen, the question I was going to ask at the end of this podcast was the rumors, uh, uh you know, stated by Deadline, uh, right. magazine, Pedro Pascal, um, Fantastic Four. Um, before we get to that, uh, let's do two more actors, and then we'll Diego get into that. Luna. Diego Luna. Nah, I don't. I don't. I don't like it. He's too small. Too skinny. You don't, you don't, you don't he, he would literally get broken. He, he would literally get destroyed by the brute. Like <laughs> one uppercut from the brute, he's done for, dude. Come on. And I, exactly. I thought Fastbender yeah. should have been done for after that uppercut. Yeah, it's true. That's very true. You got another That's one, Brandon? True. Oh man, I'm trying. To, I like, I like not, your suggestions, Brandon. I'm not. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna say Robert Downey Jr. because he's he's typecast. He's oh. you know. Yeah, like, no. yeah, it's no. I also think um, a little too old. Yeah, yeah, I would say so too. Well, he's in the sixties. He might be sixty, if anything. I think so. Maybe uh, he would never do this role because I don't think it's in his wheelhouse. But I don't think so either. Fincher, though, he's worked with Fincher. No, 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 I'm the person I'm about to suggest. Oh, okay. Sticking on the hype this summer with Oppenheimer, because you mentioned RDJ, Cillian Murphy. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I like it. Okay, I like it. I just don't think he should do it. He, I mean, he'd have to get in the peaky, peaky blinder shape. Right, right. Yeah. Actually, I like that. Yeah. 
That's true. He would just, it's kind of almost opposite where he's not too swole, but he might need to work on himself a little bit more. Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 I want to throw, yeah. throw out a few more. All right. All right. <laughs> Go for it. Jacob, Jacob Alordi. Ooh, I like it. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, yeah. I'm not opposed to it because he, he gives me the, so one thing I'm excited about this Priscilla movie is I feel like he's giving me the vibe of like frat guy who just doesn't really care, right? Like about his body. And I feel right. like it, it works for this yeah. movie, right? Like yeah. in a weird roundabout way. I, I'm going to go yes. And he's got the hype for it too, you know? So, yeah. Tom Holland. <laughs> yeah, stop. Uh, what do you even ask, man? And that on that <laughs> note, all right, guys, final scores for the killer. Uh, Jay, what do you got first? I went 8.4 out of 10. I thought there okay. were times yep. where I wasn't overly thrilled with what was happening. I wasn't mm-hmm. like, um, you know, I, I do think the first the first 25 minutes could easily turn anyone off. And um, yeah, I, I'm not going to lie to you. There was a point where I was like, OK, are we ever going to get to anything? You know, he's just talking. Yeah. But, um, yeah. you know, overall, it's a movie I would watch again. It's a movie I'm mm-hmm. already suggesting to people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like I said, Tilda Swinton was absolutely phenomenal in, in, in the in the short fifteen minutes she has. I love Fastbender. I love the fight yeah. scene. Um, I thought the ending was good. I don't know that it was like great. I don't know that I'm mm-hmm. like, oh my god, this is classic Fincher ending. Um, yeah, but overall, I, I'm gonna go eight point four. Okay, Steve, I give it a nine point four. I I really love this movie. Um, yeah. I'm personally, I I like slower kind of procedural. Uh, type of movies um where i can just where not much is too not much is happening but it gives me time to really kind of analyze what the director's going for Mm -hmm. i think there's a lot behind this movie in terms of the unreliable narrator narrator seeing everything through his eyes um kind of the commercialism in this movie we see a lot Mm -hmm. of like mcdonald's amazon (laughs) i think it's a very much we work what we work we work I think yeah. I think that's very intentional from Fincher. I think it's very much a commentary as much as it's a story about a killer. It's much it's very much a commentary on I think uh society, you know, just the mm-hmm. access to what uh the ease access that anyone can have to potentially commit murders and right with the Amazon aspect of it. Um but no, I think the the fact that it was so finely crafted by Fincher, um mm-hmm. it's a slower procedural um it's got literally in my opinion, the best fight scene I've seen in the last 10 years in a movie. Yeah, um, yeah. And a great performance all around. I, I, To me, it's the best movie that's come out this year that I've seen. You know, I've yeah. said I got a lot to see. I got Killers, Fire Moon still to see. Uh, we still got plenty to see. Napoleon's going to be coming out, but I'll give it a 9.4. Yeah. I'll stand Perfect. on that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. And I, I'd say I, I went eight, 8 out of 10, um, but I would say I think these are all good scores by chance. I mean, I think we all pretty much, it was probably the first movie that all three of us were like, whoa that was good you know from all all of our perspectives that we really enjoyed um perfect all right um hopefully we see more good stuff out of netflix and as well as uh, david fincher may continue to make work um zodiac is one of those movies that i saw a long time ago and it's a little bit of a roman empire you know i just still keep thinking about it um you know i ran the times um perfect so as we did mention just very briefly and we're going to end it on this uh we did see uh just some breaking news on the potential casting of Pedro Pascal as Richard Reeds, Mr. Fantastic, the Fantastic Four. Uh, guys, Richard's just boy. immediate thoughts. Well, what is it? 
So overall, I think there's like, mm-hmm. you know, Pedro is just on a heater right now, right? Yeah. Obviously the Florian, yeah. uh, The Last of Us, um, and, and he's just in every single form of media. He's hosting SNL and he's being cast into, uh, he's in Gladiator 2. Really? I yeah. Think, yeah. Like, you know, he and there's a, I think I saw a list today of other projects he's actually filming now that the strike mm-hmm. is over. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, he's just one of those guys right now that's pulling mm-hmm. for everything. I don't know if it works for me. I'm going to be honest with you guys. Um, I'm a mm-hmm. little excited about it because I, I love Pedro's work and I know he does such a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I, I saw the other rumored uh, uh, people supposed to be in this. I kind of like their castings a little more. Pedro, I, I'm going to give it a chance because mm-hmm. this movie has been anticipated and this cast in particular might be the most anticipated cast in like the history of the MCU. How many years have we been hearing? Who's going to be the Fantastic Four? Who's going to be the Fantastic yep. Four? Yeah. Like, this is it. You have to nail this cast. And in my opinion, Marvel really has to nail it because we, we did our, you know, the pod of last episode yeah. about, you know, the fatigue and is Marvel down? Like, you know, what what is, how do they revamp themselves? They have to nail this. So maybe going yeah. after the hot actor right now is the move. We'll see. There's rumors that they're going to, you know, also add a, um, a, a multiverse version of another Reed Richards who's like a more failed version. And he's evil. I think that's a trope from the comics. I'm not 100% sure on that. So we could see a double casting here, which I would love the idea of Reed yeah. Richards being different in every universe. We already saw John Krasinski and yeah. um, Doctor Strange. So I love the idea of all the Reed Richards being sort of different here. Kind of like with Kane. Maybe they do a, a way to recast Jonathan Majors, you know? Um, the multiverse has taught us through Spider-Man that every multiversal version can actually be different. So I really like the yeah. idea of that. Hey, I'm kind of sad we're not going to see Ian Ruffo unless we're going to see him again as uh, as Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, I, I what did, about yeah? I did like him in uh, those in bad the, Fantastic the, Four movies. Hey, hey, it was it was a good oh, campy well, movie. Nostalgic, it was, it, nostalgic. Hey, it's campy. It's campy. Uh, but Steve, what are your thoughts on Pedro Pascal? Campy is one way to put it. Um, yep. Look, uh, <laughs> I love Pedro. I've yep. I've been watching Pedro for a long time. Game of Thrones, Narcos. Yep. Uh, it's actually quite crazy to see his rise um because Mm -hmm. you know he like i said he was he was side character on game of thrones side character on narcos eventually graduated to main character you know played the main villain in wonder woman um but now the fact that he's getting the keys to the fantastic four ip um playing the main guy let's be honest he's the main guy of he's when people think fantastic four i think you think Reed Richards, right? He's the most mm-hmm. important, impactful character from the Fantastic Four. Um, you know, and I think this movie will do a bill regard will do a bill regardless of who's casted. Like I think Fantastic Four will have that anticipation and will have people coming Absolutely. to the theaters. Um yep. it's really a hard it's and and you could say that's why they casted Pedro, because it's like, look, we know people are hungry for Fantastic Four. We know people will go to the movie theater to see a Fantastic Four movie compared mm-hmm. to you know the Marvels compared to Ant Man. They will so, see this movie. They will, why yeah. try to why try to go too outside the box? Let's get a hot actor. Let's get one that's been doing a lot of projects. I understand that point, and Jay, you obviously make a great point uh, regarding that. Do I is he my favorite casting of Reed Richards amongst the other people that were mentioned? Honestly, no, I, I would not say so. Right. I really like the idea of Krasinski being Reed Richards. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 
I'm not sure why they literally said no. Like they literally almost forgot about John Krasinski as Reed Richards, um, which is really baffling to me. I think he has a lot of qualities that to be a great Reed Richards. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember the other cast casting rumors when Krasinski was attached. I mean, you had Jason Siegel potentially as the thing. I was loving that. I thought it was a great. Oh, that, that's so much <laughs> wheelhouse. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they had Emily <laughs> Blunt as well, but we're not doing that anymore. And, um, you know, the other rumors, I believe he had Matt Smith. I would have loved to see Matt Smith as well as Reed Richards. Potentially. Um, potentially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, Pedro, Pedro did good in the role. Obviously, he's a great actor. Um, yeah. And I think this is his wheelhouse yeah. in terms of doing the, you know, the sci fi mm-hmm. comic book. You know, mm-hmm. he's got he's got the goods for it. Um, yep. You know, I, I just feel like I would have rather seen um, them stick with Krasinski, to be quite honest. I agree. Yeah. It and, just seems like they're. I think, well, I, I was just going to say real quick. I do mm-hmm. think this this role is going to have a sort of grandfather role. Right. Mm-hmm. Like um, you're seeing Vanessa Kirby being rumored for Sue Storm, yep. which, I, yep. which I love. I think she'd be a great Sue Storm. I absolutely love her, too. Um, yeah. You know, I don't think anyone ever t- top Jessica Alba. Right. But like, you know, um that that was every every kid our age's crush you know back then so um you know i think she would do really good in that role but you you see they're going sort of younger with the rest of the cast so maybe pedro yep. does work as the sort of grandfather to everyone right like the mm-hmm. the father figure that they're all going to need the leader that they're going to need because reed richards is the guy who has to lead the fantastic four against dr doom and you're seeing yep. uh, galactus being rumored now so i don't know i mean maybe it works Maybe those work. Yeah, it's just, it's gonna be interesting to see if, if Pedro Pascal is already gonna be a sort of not elderly. Obviously, he's not that old, but like you know, maybe already like you know, forties, almost maybe early fifties. Uh, you know, Reed Richards. Are we gonna see him already? Just in mind, kind of like we did with Tom Holland, where he's already been the character, the superhero for a couple of years. Um, right. I know the rumors is that the Fantastic Four, you know, possibly in this timeline, they've probably been stuck in another in like part of the quantum realm for like decades mm-hmm. um and maybe you know hank pym knows him i don't know there's the different things but i'm very interested to see where they go um boy they missed a lot good thing all the movies are on disney plus though <laughs> <laughs> that, that's how they catch up they give money to uh to mickey mouse so <laughs> all right guys um any last thoughts before we head out for this episode hey hey real quick real quick i'm gonna throw one more yep. actor out there we'll end oh. this note. for Sebastian michael fassbender yeah. or for uh, oh for, for Michael Fassbender, the killer. No, that's here. Sebastian Stan. I like it. Yes. I like yes that. And, Actually, yes, yes and no. Yes and no. It's interesting. I like it a lot. I just Have you ever seen um, that one movie, Fresh? No. I have not, no. Oh, my God. He's play, literally <clears throat> plays a cannibal in that movie. It's so good. Oh. Yeah, he's already psychotic enough to do it. (laughs) Check that out, everybody. Fresh, if you want to see him playing a sociopath role. I love it. I love it. Okay, yeah, that'd be good. All right, well, thanks for joining us for episode number ten, guys. I mean, what a a little bit of a milestone, right? So here's to uh, here's ten more. If I had some champagne on me, but (laughs) (laughs) we'll we'll pop some. We'll pop some. We'll we'll go. We'll go. All right, guys. You all have a great night. All right. (laughs) 